You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and we have got an episode for you today. Hey, but before we get to that, you know what you gots to do. You gots to go hit us up on all the social media outlets that we are out there for you. Twitter, at TNWPod. On Instagram, check us out there. Give us a follow. Put up a picture. Do whatever you like. At Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. On the Facebook, we're uh, talk and rest facebook backslash talk and wrestling and um send us a gmail at talk and wrestling uh, at gmail.com also uh, if you're on the itunes give us a five-star uh, rating and a feral review and we will send you a um postcard of a wrestler from the 80s because the postcard book is from the 80s and many wrestlers are still available such as rick flair and uh, greg valentine and all sorts of wrestlers roddy piper jesse ventura and yvonne eric um they're all available so get those rate reviews subscribes in and uh and that's that right now we're gonna get to the show uh i got with me some good friends um i used to work with one of them at a restaurant a long long time ago however these guys have gone on to have uh, great comedy careers here in toronto and uh they're doing pretty good and we're gonna talk about them and we're gonna get into wrestling we're gonna have a good talk so right now i got the rivas brothers with me miguel and freddie rivas how you guys doing Doing well. Doing well, man. Thanks for having us, buddy. Hey, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm I'm talking wrestling, so I'm always happy. Yeah, yeah man. Exactly. Yeah. Wrestling is really good right now. And as we're talking wrestling, in the background, just to let you know, uh, we're watching uh, the best of the WWF Volume 11 from Coliseum Video. It's the original bubble case with Hulk Hogan on the front. And uh, we got the Can-Am connection going on against the Dream Team, Brutus Briefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine. And what a pin by Greg the Hammer Valentine. He just rolled. <laughs> yeah, that was he, kind of a pretty lax pin. He gave him a steamroller. You, you got to use the body you have, you know. And so he's like got the muscle muscle tummy there. He's got to roll it all over. The and what's the guy from Montreal? What's his name again? Rick Martel. You know, I've never seen this in wrestling, but I've always wondered. His underwear is a bit loose. <laughs> no, like you would dangerous. Yeah, well, well, one maybe. side you can see a little bit of like a shadow. Well, maybe he's got some extra package. Yeah, maybe. No, I think like he probably has another underwear underneath, or he might be stashing a foreign object. He might be. Well, but he, like I saw like that like shadow, and I'm like, oh no, does this like? Well, this does he now, know tailored underwear that has to be made with a big pouch in the front for his for, for extra for, for no fanny pack. <laughs> The odd thing is, is um, if this extra room is caused by his uh, penal region, he is in New York City at Madison Square Garden wrestling, and he is from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So that would qualify as a foreign object. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. He's, he's he's stashing it there. He's going to bust it out later. It's actually just a cucumber wrapped in like uh, tin foil, tin foil, something. Like I'm that. sure it's like a, a full poutine. Weapon. It's a full poutine. It's a full like I know I think poutine is, that's in his underwear that's like I'd be he's willing to say that this is pre-poutine. <laughs> like this is like 1986. So this is poutine. Wait, is poutine not old? No. Why did I I assumed it was like as old as time. I got. I'm with Freddie. I, I thought poutine is. Like oh no, set dude. Okay, like we'll, remember, we'll get to wrestling. I remember. But like, teach us life. about poutine. I remember a life before poutine. Whoa. Yeah. Excuse me. That's yeah. Not, how? Well, Tell us about it. There was somebody like somebody just accidentally dropped curds cheese on fries one day, and then somebody accidentally. It's like a Reese's Pieces thing. Reese's peanut butter. Wait, are you are you being real? No, I'm like, just guessing. It, no, but but I mean, like, is so. What, what this looks like? It's like what seventies. 
No, this is 80, 87. 86, oh, 87. Okay. Maybe even you can tell by the, so, you can tell by the journey haircuts. Yes. A wait, lot so of wait, are you just messing around or, or is poutine like as recent as like the nineties or something? I think poutine is, a, is something oh, from the nineties. You think? I think. It's okay, settler now, food. Now I we're getting somewhere. Food that was brought <laughs> oh, well, I think poutine is like 200 years old. Okay? You by the Puritans. <laughs> you I think, think it's pretty old. Like poutine and tortier are mixed up. This guy knows his old Canadian food. I can go for some tortier right now with uh, a nice donut tortier ketchup is, on it. Uh, a tortier is nice. For the, for the Americans that are listening right now, poutine is, uh, is uh, white cheese curds uh, over fry, French fries. Uh, they're not French because they're from Quebec. They're French because they're cut julienne style. Uh, that and, and that's a French cuisine terminology. Uh, that's why French fries are French. It has nothing to do with Quebec or Paris. It just has to do with the style of the cut. Oh, However, wow. I will say this. So they use cheese curds and then the gravy on top. And that makes a delicious, delicious heart clogging meal. Mm-hmm. Um, tortillere is, sounds like turtles, turtles, something with turtles. I don't know, but it's just meat pie. It's just ground yeah. beef and pie with yeah. ketchup on it. Yeah. It's good, though. It's good. It's uh, like, you know, tortier was uh, the main ingredient, in, I believe, in Sweeney Todd. That's right. Yes. Sweeney That's Todd right. Was, uh, was a tortier maker. You chop them up into ground. Ground. He ground, ground up human beef and... Uh, <laughs> And Who's then, like the uh, tortier of the wrestling world? Who would be the meat pile? Of the yeah, wrestling world? like just a basic dish, but wow. like you know, well, pretty filling. Paul Bearer. Did Paul Bearer? No, Paul Bearer is like something. <laughs> he's like Paul Bearer is like fine cuisine. No, like Paul Bearer is like an eclair. No, I would, yeah, say, yeah. I, I yeah. would say Paul Bearer. I was gonna say a Boston cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause no, there's like Paul Paul Bearer. Well like, dusted. There's like Boston a lot of detail cream. going on. It's a specific thing. Don't touch my custard. Oh my if you poke me, I will leak. <laughs> Actually, maybe Paul Paul Bear is like cilantro. I'm not because I jam. love him. I love Paul Bear, but some people are probably like allergic to him. Oh, I love Paul Bear. How too. can you not like Paul Bear? He's, <laughs> He's like, the best. His like, job was just to carry an urn, and we never even knew who was in it. I need to ride that note. Ooh. You're you're obviously a wrestling expert. Is there any? Uh, is there anyone who has like a? a less likely journey to wrestling than someone like Paul bear. I guess like all managers in general, like how, like what's well, their, what's their path to wrestling? How do you like as a manager? Most managers start out, I believe as wrestlers and then they just make the jump into manager. Cause right. maybe that's a better position for them. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe they're not offered anything or maybe they're just, they don't have the size to be a wrestler. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Bobby Heenan was a wrestler. Right. And Jimmy Hart was never a wrestler, I don't think. But no, he had been wrestling in wrestling matches. Right. Um, luscious Johnny Valiant was one of the Valiant brothers. Uh, Paul Heyman was never a wrestler. Um, with the three little clowns. With the three little clowns. Doink and doink. They were wrestlers. They man. were wrestlers. <laughs> Dude. There is midget wrestling coming up later on. I don't know if that's politically correct to say. There's little people wrestling coming up later on. Yeah. Tiny but, wrestling. No, we're not talking Fisher-Price little people wrestling. But yeah. we're talking... Tiny, tiny people wrestling. That's right. Well, I mean, wrestling's always a time capsule for like the, uh, for the other parts of society that are, are taking their time. Yeah, yeah. Figuring out what's right. <laughs> no, you're taking their time. Yeah. They're, they're letting things simmer for 45, 50 years. You guys figure it out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you guys figure out the progress thing. We'll be there. Now, if I told you, now wrestling, now this might blow your mind. I'm ready wrestling for is. A performance art, yes, that is uh, usually choreographed and sometimes rehearsed. Sure, and even though they're against each other, they're actually working together to deliver a very entertaining performance. You damn right. Do you know any other show that would be anything considered similar to that? I can't think of any off the top of my head. Where they have elaborate characters. Perhaps our show, Rap Battles. Oh, I see. You were going to, there. you were doing a comparison. I see. Um, Rap Battles is like wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, we we run Rap Battles and uh, I'd say... You know, obviously, rap's a pretty big inspiration to rap battling, like the real world of rap battling. But yeah. I would say wrestling's almost a bigger inspiration because it's funnier and 
I and think, entertaining. And yeah. entertaining. Not that rap is not entertaining, but I don't like like rap battles. Like when you think rap battles, you're like East Side, West Side, Drive By, Biggie's Dead. You know, yeah, right. or, or, or Eight or, Mile. That's that's what most people go to. Yeah, and Eight Mile is the weirdest one because it's a movie. Yeah, there's a beat which there isn't in real rap battles. Yeah, yeah, it's a full on movie. Like it just doesn't really follow any kind of actual rap battle structure. So it would but be the movie like holds up better than people think. Ah, uh, yeah, because it's a Karate Kid. If you give it a rewatch, it's decent. It's it's the it same. It's the Karate Kid. It's the Karate Kid. It's the one guy. He has the girl. The other girl's been involved with the other guys, and then the other guys are all the rappers, and they're just the Cobra Kai, and they're just there to beat him up, and eventually wow. he wins it all. And wow, it was a reboot in disguise. It was a. It wasn't even in disguise. I was like, everybody back then was like, "This is the greatest." I'm like, "It's the Karate Kid." Settle the fuck down. And the villain's yeah. name in Karate Kid? <laughs> Settle Mom the fuck spaghetti. down. Mom spaghetti. Mom spaghetti. It was. <laughs> Cause she went there are scenes where they're eating mom spaghetti. <laughs> Man, there was it's all wow. What's it? Intricately weaved. <laughs> yeah, I'm into this. Oh my god. So absolute comedy, the comedy club that I play at. Yep. And before every show, they play it's six minutes of showtime and your headliners in the back of the room and then they just play the eight mile song. Lose yourself? Yeah, lose yourself, the Oscar winning song. Yeah. So one night uh, a guy brought in a, a trick version of it where they just keep saying mom's spaghetti over oh, it. Heard, oh yeah and it's like mom so the owner Dan Gallia played me that it was the, pretty great the owner was going around and he was getting everything it was like Christmas time it's really really busy and he the music's playing he's like yeah, somebody play the music somebody play the music and some music's playing and then all of a sudden he's like mom's spaghetti and mom's spaghetti and he's like what the, is something going on with the fucking what the fuck's going on with the fucking music I <laughs> hear mom's spaghetti and we're like we, 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 I just hear the lose yourself ah oh, fuck I must be losing my mind you know and then he comes back and he goes that's awesome and he, 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 could, he kept thinking that he had to hear him mom's spaghetti and he thought he was losing his mind like, oh, that's what a stroke is like from the inside everybody was like he only says it once maybe you have it in your head because you love your mom's spaghetti but <laughs> yeah. you know and that, that's uh, the, you make an agreement to all look at him and talk like hey man what do you mean the song sounds good to us <laughs> Yeah. Now, uh, how long? Now, what's the history uh, with the rap battles? How long have you guys been doing it? And uh, how did it start? Pretty ridiculous. We've been doing it for approaching nine years now. Nine years? Yeah. Monthly for nine years. It started because uh, Gary Rideout at Comedy Bar was just doing the the festival of new formats that he does every year. Mm -hmm. Actually, this was the first festival of new formats, which is where you don't have to pay to put up a show. You don't have to rent the room at all or whatever. You guys got in a good. You got yeah. yeah. And the idea is basically you just try and come up with like a new-ish concept. Like so many things have been done. Yeah. But um, yeah, we thought we'd do like sketch comedy in the round and actually had stand up improv uh, reading of a play and some rap battles and it then literally it was just like what if we did comedy surrounded by people instead of them on one side that was the whole original concept yes yeah and then it just we did all these different performance things but it clear it was clearly just rap battling was the best part of it so eventually you just weeded it down to rap battles yeah super yeah. quickly like in I'd say I'd say like almost I'd say the next show was basically all rap battles but then there was still tons and tons of tinkering like we used to have um, it was always characters but people would be more than it would be like you know Casey Corbin versus Freddie Revis yeah even though you're catch up and I'm mustard but then halfway through the battle you're like um, I know you're mustard but like blank uh, you're, you're flat footed uh, and or, or, or whatever you know what I mean like you'd say something real but uh, after probably like six seven months of doing that the audience we were just kind of figuring like man the audience isn't digging this like they don't A care about who comedians are in real life yeah. and B they want to just like see silly shit they don't want to see people get hurt or yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. just as an audience member they weren't very interested in they want they wanted to see enormous characters like like what we're looking at on the screen right now and they don't want to see and that's why I like wrestling because I don't want to watch people get hurt I don't like watching no. UFC same I yeah. hate watching people get hurt you don't totally. want to see it's the not... development of cauliflower ears no. you don't want to see anything about cauliflower ears no I don't even like cauliflower why can't we have broccoli ears <laughs> yeah man yeah yeah yeah, but like right here. So you got the like, you know, we got Papa Shango. No, who's the beekeeper? Not, no, that's Kamala. Who's the beekeeper? No, <laughs> Prince. Okay, Albert. okay, that's not Papa. That's Kamala. 
the Ugandan giant. Okay. And that's uh, George the Animal Steel. Yes. And then on the outside is Kimshi, and he's the handler of Kamala the Ugandan giant. <laughs> that's. That, there's so again, much going on. Again, this is a on. time capsule for another. Now here's, now, here's an interesting story about Kamala. He's a big, big man, and he's very, very agile. Andre the Giant was um, pretty much known as to be a racist. And, uh, oh, really? And, yeah, and. Um, Bad News Brown one time took him off the bus and threatened him to stop using the N-word. And he said, if you don't use the N-word, I'll, you know, I'll drop you. Like, I'll like because he was a judo expert, Bad News Brown, and not to be fucked with. So, but but another time is like... Um, <laughs> Sorry, the giant, we're just watching one guy bite another guy's ear. Certain, great. certain wrestlers would take liberties with black wrestlers back in the 70s. Right. Like, uh, just not... They were racist. Right. And they would... Like Dick Murdoch, who was in the... Literally take liberties. He, well, he, <laughs> no he would say... He, Dick Murdoch has actually said that he hit black guys harder than he hit white guys. That's like, horrible. This, it is horrible. Yeah. And, now, and not surprising, too. I mean, like... Well, here's I'm, what Kamala did. when Because Honor the Giant used to hit hard. Uh, and uh, he was so worried about Andre trying to do something to him in a steel cage match that he used to carry a small gun... And he had it taped to his leg underneath, like inside. He would like wrestle with a gun. He taped had a to his gun. Leg. He had a gun taped to himself. Not in this match, but that is insane. Just in, case And, just in case Andre got out of hand, his idea was, "I'll just fucking reach in and pull out the ultimate foreign object, my gun." You know? Oh my god! Gun. Can you imagine if in a wrestling match, a guy pulled out like a mini gun? If it's anything goes. It's legal. Yeah. No, I mean, if he sits on it insane. strangely, though, he just like, blows a hole in his thigh also. <laughs> I, got, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Now I got two assholes. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> double shit. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely ludicrous. Where's Andre the Giant? Is he Spanish? He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. Eh? He's long dead. Oh, wow. Really? He's been dead for a while. Um, He's, yeah. Yeah. No, but look he, at this guy. This guy is going to go up to the top rope here. And, and Kim, she's like, no, no, you get down. Get down, good boy, good boy. Yeah, see, this is this yeah. is a strange one to watch. Well, because George the animal steals an animal himself. This is like watching two uh, animals go at it in Madison Square Garden. And there's the wizard, and they have they have bizarrely similar uh, stature and like stockiness. Now George the animal steel was uh, he looks so old. How old was he in this match? He was very old. Uh, George the animal steel. Wait, what's this stretcher? stuff going on well watch what happened we jumped onto him he crushed him he gave him a flying body press off the top rope oh kamala. fair enough because kamala is, is a ugandan giant he used to jump out of trees all the time wow he really landed on him that too. did look pretty violent yeah in all fairness that's 460 pounds coming uh, down on you off the top rope so now we got oh a live piper's pit with guests bobby heenan and paul orndorff that's something Look at that old guy in the Strucker hat. Look okay, at can, rowdy, I, can, rowdy. can I ask you a... a Speaking well, can a, I ask you something? Sure, yeah, hit me up. Um, well, hold, actually, hold on a second. I just got a text. Oh, this is from my roommate who knows that we're taping right now, Jeff McHenry, okay. friend of the show. Oh, good. Um, Seems good. He uh, said, ask Freddie about Roddy Piper's music. <laughs> okay. That's so crazy because Rowdy, Rowdy's on the screen right now. This is good. This is good. Why? So Roddy Piper's music is forever stuck in my brain <laughs> because me, Bobby Mayer, Adam Christie, and Jeff McHenry all live together yeah. uh, on Regal Road, a beautiful apartment in Regal Road, Davenport. And, um, beautiful apartment. And me and Jeff were like, you know, it was Adam and Bobby's place. So me and Jeff both lived in the living room together for a year. Yeah. And Jeff would always go, go to sleep to rest. Glamorous life of comedy. Huh? Yeah, exactly. oh yeah. No, he would, he would go to sleep to wrestling DVDs. Yes, and I would frequently. So, so you would go to sleep. To that's wrestling right. DVDs. So I would like wake up to like the screensaver of like Piper's Piper's music, and yes. like it would always be like that like Scottish kind of like bagpipes like replaying. And I'm like, <laughs> I, yeah, I must have had so many Piper related dreams. Yeah, um, <laughs> that, that, that was a good that was a good time in my life though. Like one of the hardest laughs I've ever had was watching and this seems like cruel we were just talking about how we don't like to watch people get hurt but uh this is exactly that but it's vince mcmahon doing his thing where he's kind of like walking and talking and like strutting and you know doing his head bob thing on the way to the ring and as he starts to run he goes to slide like kind of like head first under the ropes yeah. but he just doesn't jump enough and the like the hard part of the bottom of the ring hits his um like femur area Ooh. and he 
to like tore a quad- quadricep or something. Yeah. Because he immediately tries to get up and his leg like buckles. And it's just a surprise in his face coupled with the way that he does that big like yeah. steaming run to the ring. And me and Jeff watched that for I think like three hours straight. Just okay. like 10 seconds on rewind and we were both crying. And well, it was Because like, then he sits there. He pulls himself into the ring and yeah. he sits there and he can't stand up and he's like, and he's just barking orders. Oh, he finishes a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Like, That's dedication. Vince McMahon is like one of the best like clowns he of walked, he, all time. He, like, he pulled his hand, both of his quads apparently and he walked back to the back I walk myself I'm Vince McMahon you know like and he <laughs> yeah. just, when he walked by himself they're like what a fucking tough old man you know and, and it's so funny um, and you talk about the, the DVD uh, thing when I lived with Boomer I had the superstars of the 80s DVD and it had songs it didn't have music like it had music but not lyrics right but I would always make up uh, lyrics to go with all the DVDs. <laughs> so, so, so the for the stars of the eighties, eighties uh, superstars, I would do this song and be like, "The bigger they are, the harder they fall." <laughs> Andre the Giant was eight feet tall, <laughs> and then and then it would just keep looping that same riff, and I would just keep singing that same. It's song. like informative what? and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's logic. Like the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Obviously, that's that, uh, right? You know, right? Uh, okay, wait. Can I hit you up with this question? Or yeah, what? yeah. Go ahead. So we're watching Piper now. Yeah, and. I don't know. I, I was kind of wondering this like to myself the other day, like what's the big transition? Is it the attitude era when there was like, when it legitimately became way more speaking than in like, than, than wrestling, like in, in, in a two hour raw, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like what, what was that transition in the nineties? Like say when, the 90s. when did that start to really happen? Because like, I was like in a program now, what is it? It's like two thirds dialogue. Yes. Cause, cause I, I, I recently watched the Jericho when Jericho first arrives and just watching him in the rock, how hard they kill yeah. for 12 minutes. And most of it's looks yeah. like, and the rock only speaks in his taglines. And it's just like a, it's a harder kill than I've ever seen any comedian do ever. It, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's, it, yeah, no, it it's, killed Jericho. Like when Jericho came in that first night with the, when Jericho's it, good too, though. I, I like Jericho's the best. I am, I, we'll talk about Jericho in a few minutes, but I but Jericho when he comes in and he made that Millennium Clock mm-hmm. countdown, he interrupted the rock in the middle of his speech. Yep, I, I'll never forget that. I was in Calgary, Alberta, and Calgary, Alberta is like Canada's best wrestling town, uh, and it's right. Chris Jericho. That's where the hearts wrestle. come the from hearts and everything. From yeah, yeah, it's such a big deal, and. Uh, I just like I'm in Calgary right now, and this is where Jericho started, and now Jericho's starting on Raw. It was yeah. such a big deal for me because I was I don't know for some reason I was on my first tour. This is like ninety. Was he on WCW before? Yeah, he was in. So WCW. that's how he was well known. Yes. Okay. Because so I didn't watch WCW at that time. Well, all the guys were jumping from WWE to WCW. He was the first major. Well, the first major guy to jump from the backwards way. Right. Was. The Giant, Big Show. Big Show, I was just going to say Big Show was the first one. And then Jericho was like the second one. So uh, I forgot about the Big Show. Yeah, because Big Show was in, was already there when Jericho got there. Um, You know, he just came in as this monster and it was great. And then eventually Mm -hmm. uh, Jericho comes in. And then eventually the next guys to come in were Benoit and uh, Eddie Guerrero and Perry Saturn and uh, Dean Malenko. The four of them came over as a package. Right, all four of them, and Benoit just uh, won the world title and then just vacated it like the next week. Just that said, must Fuck. have been devastating for the WCW. Oh, it must have been devastating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not the first time Benoit's devastated something, you oh, know. Yeah. So because he would go on later, you know what he did. So, yes, yeah, yeah that's he, a very tragic event. Yeah, he was murdered by Kevin Sullivan. And uh, oh wait, is there like oh wait no? So <laughs> there is a conspiracy. I'm sure there is. Yeah, like, yeah. see, I'm not that deep in that. I wait. So who's Kevin Sullivan? Like, I don't want to go all the way into this well, Kevin conspiracy Sullivan, theory. But who is Kevin? Kevin Sullivan, Sullivan is a wrestler. Okay. And uh, and his and he used and he was in a wrestling and he was also a, a Satanist, a known <laughs> Satanist. Okay. So the wrestler was. And, we generally are kind of cool people, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Of course they are. <laughs> yeah. And um, he was also dating 
Chris Benoit's wife at the time. And then Chris Benoit and him started feuding, and Chris Benoit eventually took his wife in the storyline and in real life. So the story, Jesus. so the storyline wow. is Kevin Sullivan finally got his revenge on his wife for leaving him, him for Benoit. And oh my goodness! Then, but, and then Benoit, and Benoit's kid ended up dying. But Benoit had another child with another family with another woman. So he is an actual son out there that's in his twenties, really living out there. That's that carries the name Benoit and and looks like Chris Benoit. My God, he's a wrestler uh, too. No, but you must have like. Can you imagine though? Like, I think like when like he was living with his mom when Chris Benoit was like at the top of his career, and he's like, oh. Benoit's new family so lucky they get a big mansion <laughs> they get a pool come and then on, one day man. he's like come on why can't I be in the new family and then he's like man am I ever lucky I wasn't in that new family <laughs> that's so great that's like that reminds me of like Eddie Murphy had a kid with with Mel B from yeah. Spice Girls and he denied and he it he denied it for so long and they went to court where he like denied can you imagine being that kid like for the rest of your life you're like my dad spent millions of dollars on lawyers to officially Added Don, deny maybe. that he was ever Drake, Drake's kid. He's he's the newest uh, arrival to the uh, extremely Neglected. rich dad who wanted every wanted to deny him. Who's that? It's a uh, Drake has like a mysterious child. Oh, a mysterious child. So that child. was that was a big thing that uh in the, in the uh, summer in the uh, push a T Drake feud which really resembled a wrestling feud like taking place in actual time yeah, in and, real life and back back to rap battles here for a sec but um yeah that, that that's one of the things that we always like was always kind of a natural thing to us like we thought that like these kind of like the pageantry and the feuding it all kind of works and yeah. and a comedic version of it would be fun and we think it is a like large portion of each performance of our show is is the rappers making their way to the stage which is like the yeah. main thing we steal from wrestling in a way and it's like just long in introduction entrances where you like mess with people in the crowd and in some of our bigger shows we've actually started doing um our friend uh rodrigo stole um mm-hmm. we've gotten him to be like our own mean gene oh so it's it's a uh, uh, mean rod okerland oh that's like oh yeah it's a direct reference have you to ever that have you you ever had any wrestlers just show up at at rap battles yeah we had uh brett, we have brett sir. the hitman heart has oh, made get the fuck multiple appearances you don't know brett show. right have you ever heard of that guy have you heard of him how do we we're, we're, we're 27 minutes in the show and you're just telling me now that brett hart does rap battles he he did it once as himself and he also did it once as a character named the fancy hunter where he just wore a big like furry hat and he's like i'm the fancy hunter and we were like okay okay man this is so great I'm the fancy hunter and i'm the best there is the best there was and the best there ever will be yeah and then the guy's like okay fancy hunter yeah so in in our show he, he was, was so amazing yeah, though. Man, like, was, that so a, was that a, was that a knock at hunter Hearst helmsley <laughs> um you know what i didn't oh ask God, him about his, his inspiration but now that you say that that seems likely was that a knock i hope it was I hope it was like elaborate when he first came in he was like the blue blood and he was extremely fancy he would do this bow before every match and, yeah no i remember and he had like almost like a court jestery thing mm-hmm, right like yeah. his attire but that's good. That's good. Another fancy hunter. <laughs> yeah, it, it was amazing. Like, it, and and Brett also was just like such a natural at like creating drama. Like we we had this thing where the owner of the comedy bar, uh, Gary Rideout Jr., friend also, of the show. He's yeah, also been on the show. Yeah, yeah. He also is a big, big, huge wrestling fan. He would be like a Vince, uh, like you know, kind of like a Vince McMahon, but like more easy. Evil he's, owner. He's younger, so he was like a Shane McMahon. Yeah. Evil owner. He would come in and Evil try owner. and shut down our show every month, and he he would like interrupt it where we would we would you know his music would start and the lights would go out, and would be like, no, he's not allowed to have the platform on the show. Yeah, but he and, would, and, like, and this went on for complain that we don't for, sell enough for months oh no, this made, went on for like two years two years before just, Bret hart ever showed up but but it was like that's great because the eventually the build-up of Bret hart no it was, it, was, it was crazy yeah and, so he showed up with a contract that said that he was kicking our show out of the bar forever and then brett the hitman hart came out and ripped up the contract in his face and then put gary in the <laughs> in the sharpshooter i i love that because i was there i obviously i was there um, but it was uh, the greatest thing that ever happened. Oh, I just remember it being a very deep sharpshooter. I just I remember re- looking at the curvature of Gary's <laughs> spine and being like, like, "Oh, Gary, I get it. This. this is all like a 
bit and we're all having fun, but I also remember. like, like it wasn't really, I just remember looking at his spine being like, there's no way that doesn't like hurt a lot. I remember where you just kept saying, want a sharpshooter, Gary? Want a sharpshooter? How about, how about you want a sharpshooter? And you're, and of course, like, you're not just Freddy. Yeah. You're DJ I'm, I'm, vocab. I'm Dex vocab. Dex vocab. Dex vocab. Dex vocab. And you, your fingers light up like E.T. Yeah. And you're usually in a basketball jersey with a fucked up hat. Yep. And you're, you're known for your I'm kind of just dancing. like a physical comedy, like, yeah. idiot, basically. Yeah. Um, it, it's so great. And I love that. Um I love that. That that do you notice the the curvature on the on the um the, the sharpshooter? Uh no problem. There was one time where um I'll tell you where Jason Sensation, I had him on the show. Okay. And he told me the story where Owen Hart was about to put him in the sharpshooter in the middle of the ring. And he said, uh backstage, he's like, Hey, uh, I think it might be a good idea if I just put you in the sharpshooter backstage first so you know what it's like. You know, he goes, you know what it's like. You've done it in backyards, I suppose. And, and and Jason's like, yeah. And he goes, all right, well, just get on the ground and, and put up your legs and I'll and I'll put it on you just to make sure we're, we're good. Right. So he they're they're backstage and there's all these people are walking by. They're kind of like in the alleyway. OK. Of just the backstage area. And uh, so Jason Sensation lies on the ground and puts up his legs. And then Owen Hart just laughs at him and walks away. <laughs> And left That's him, amazing. Left him lying there with his legs up in the air as wrestlers are walking by, going, "What's that kid's problem?" You know. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's like a, I'm a big basketball fan. That, that reminds me of like a lot of teams when there's a rookie. Yeah. And they all run out at the start of the season. They yeah. get the guy to run by himself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he like runs out without the team. Yeah, it's the, good uh, shit. The Islanders did that uh, last couple of years ago. Uh, Anthony Bolvier, uh, he's a pavilier. He's a New York Islander, and he's okay. from Montreal originally. So they were going back to the form the first time, and he's playing in his hometown of Montreal, and his parents are there. And, you know, so they go out for the thing. They're like, you lead us out there. And he goes out there, and they left him on the ice for like two minutes where he's just skating by himself and before the other team is joined out. And they're like, it was so That's funny. Awesome. It was so funny because everybody was laughing at him. But who cares? The guy scored a nice goal. In yeah. Front of his parents and yeah. the Islanders won the game and. Uh, that that's fucking awesome. Um, is this a tag team match we're looking at here now, or is this an every man for himself scenario? It's a tag match. Yeah, this is a tag match. This is when. Uh, so what happens here is uh, it looks like everyone's just beating the shit out of everyone here. Well, oh, the ref goes down. Uh oh. Well, wait a minute. Okay. Well, I don't even know if it's a, it, who is Hogan. Well, yeah, tag it's team three partner. guys against Hogan. Because right now we got the Heenan family, uh, Harley Race, and Paul Orndorff are going at Hulk Hogan. And well, oh, this is great. Hulk up. Oh no, he's got Bobby Heenan. This is he's not got good Bobby Heenan. This is not going to be good. He comes this a flip. Is, oh no! Oh, oh my god! Into the buckle. That's a move that he you see. dove. Like I think I don't think he tried to, but he actually hit his face on the buckle. Yeah, you saw no, that. Right? Or not the better. buckle, the the pole behind the buckle. Nobody. Do you think that someone was was specifically responsible for like tanning? Hulk Hogan like there's someone like a, a beautician or a, or a hair designer or something was like I got you and he set up all the like tanning or did he get no, it, it like, was, no there's no way it was like is. that back then I, I bet you a lot of their their own body care was just up to them Oh, yeah. I bet you they, now they, I spec- it's much more regimented. He looks like he fucking slept in a tanning bed. He probably time. did. It's like I freaking heard- Larry Bird and all those old basketball players. He used to, he used to smoke cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Shit, at halftime. Half oh, the 80s. Oh, the Guy Lafleur used to smoke on the bench. Yeah, exactly. In, in hockey. So, no, yeah. Like, I think like it was probably way like he was probably just doing it himself. Yeah, I would think the most guys, they, they kept their bodies tanned because it just it just looks better. Um, and it looks different because if you're wrestling like, you know, they're based up in New York. Most people look like this guy, Howard Finkel. Pale, pale, pale. So you see Hogan is nice and tanned. He looks golden, right? (laughs) Right. He does, yeah. Yeah, that's the idea. He looks bronzed or golden. He looks better than us. You know, you look at Adrian Adonis, not much of a tan on Adrian Adonis right there. That guy in the middle that looks like an egg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty egg looking. So now we got a six-man tag going on. We have Macho Man, Harley Race, and Adrian Adonis against piper who's turned good and uh he's with hogan it looks like is he with hogan no no hogan's no, not no. in there anymore oh steamboat's in there and uh maybe the junkyard dog 
I think. So who, who's the best like uh, who's the best performer that like me and Miguel might not know, knowing that like we grew up with wrestling to a certain degree and we're really into it <laughs> in the Attitude Era, but have like faded. Obviously, I know John Cena and like yeah, you know, but I mean, John Cena's even old now, right? What is he like? Yeah, he what, is. What, 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 when did he leave? wrestling like well, eight years still, ago he's still wrestling he but, he but he only does like big events right yeah yeah like yeah. he doesn't do he's not on raw no moment. not at always no no um he's 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 at the where the rock was before the like the final steps his yeah, yeah. is doing well he's already a movie star yeah yeah and at some point age got to kick in where you're like i gotta stop wrecking my body <laughs> yeah of course and it's just like you know the pattern that that he fought that you know dwayne johnson set just making the right move. Actually, Johnson made a, a horrible, like he was in Disney movies for a while where he was just like, yeah, he, he did. Very, he did stutter for a bit. Mountain. Yeah. Because Cause Stone Cold uh, failed at that. Didn't he? Yeah. Stone Cold. Stone Cold tried to do movies, but then basically didn't really break through. Yeah. I don't think Stone Cold, Stone Cold is a character. Stone, you know, really good at being the Steve Austin character, but the rock is just a really good actor. He's yeah. So yeah. Passionate. Hogan, Hogan was famous enough to get all these starring movies and stuff, but he was just such a terrible actor. Well, and not only that, <laughs> but Bruce the, Ventura was in a lot of movies. And Jesse stuff. Ventura or J- Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, Jesse Ventura was great in movies. He Predator. Was, he, Come on. Predator. He was fantastic. He's, a, uh, he's insane in Predator. Uh, running man where he, Oh yeah. Uh, running man. Captain freedom. I believe his name is. Yeah. Um, and then he's in all sorts of other. Oh, Marty Piper's another. What's great it actor. called? Uh, Batista. He's now. There's another guy. Oh, he's yeah, exploding he's doing in the great. movie world. Yeah, and he's maybe coming back to wrestling. He wants to come back and do one more run, and he wants to wrestle Fancy Hunter at uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> so not the Fancy Hunter, just a real this uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Right. Yeah. Of course. Because so, Batista. Well, we don't see, know. I mean, I'm I'll talk bit, to I'm Gary bit... out and I'll see if I can get that set up. Well, I'm well, <laughs> I'm going to every time I go to Calgary, I always bring stuff out because I'm like, this might be the time where Brett comes out to the show. Yeah. And like Brett, like, look at Mick Foley was just there at, at Calgary at the laugh shop. And there was 37 hearts that were at the show. Like the whole family showed up. Um, That's awesome. So like I'm Brett was such a wonderful guy. Like well, I'm trying to invite Brett so out to my kind show and nice. I want to get him on my podcast. Obviously. Yeah. I also want us to become friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, obviously. So like Sarah Hillier, man, that's your in. Yeah. Well, Sarah Hillier. And him he loves Sarah Hillier. I know. Cause she does her Shawn Michaels impression, which is so <laughs> good. And yeah, like, I don't know. He just like, like when he did the fancy Hunter bit, it was with Sarah. Yeah. Like they have a special, connection like yeah. so that I mean, Andy get, does not get, Andy does not mind no I think Andy's pretty like whatever if it's yeah. Bret Hart things are gonna be all right but maybe but maybe somewhere down the line no I was gonna say Andrew Chapman's really jealous no <laughs> <laughs> Brett was way less into uh Freddie's gold dust impression <laughs> yeah I know I gave him a full gold dust act out and uh, you know, no it was really cool like I buy you know I basically rented out you know the first floor of the Hyatt and I, I went I went hard like I had I went through all with I was dusty roads um <laughs> Um, I was all I was all the characters that his anyone in his family has ever played, and it finished with Gold Dust and uh, oh, brilliant. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It was like an opera, but but no, and he did not like it. No, no, he didn't like it. A, he didn't even like it a bit. Huge shrug. My, I, think he, I think he was sleeping actually. My goal has always been like Andy Kaufman did this um, did the movie with classy Freddie Blassie, and it's called Breakfast with Blassie. Ever since then. I've always wanted to have my similar movie mm-hmm. and I don't even need a movie. I just need a podcast and I want brunch with Brett brunch with Brett. Oh my That's, God. That, and like brunch can, with Brett would be we good. We can do it during a weekday. <clears throat> we can go to Denny's when nobody's at a Denny's at like at 10 o'clock in the morning during a Tuesday. It's pretty empty. Brett and I can go to Denny's. I'll set down this recorder and we will have brunch. Order one of those cartoon stacks of pancakes. Oh, hey, Brett. Great. Are you listening to this? This is my friend Casey. He loves you. Okay? This is a humble request. You might oh, remember me and Freddie, who you did two appearances <laughs> yeah. on their show on. You, oh. We were nice to you. And then when I saw you at the Canadian Comedy Awards in Ottawa, you said hi to me. So you, you vaguely remembered me. That's at awesome. Least. Like, I, 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 I wasn't like, what's my name, Brett? 
You know what I mean? I, That's I, what I said. I said, I, what's my name, Brett? <laughs> no, I took the head nod and I was like, life's all right. And you, I kept walk, walking. you walked up doing like Beyonce. You're like, say my name, say my oh, name. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie, um, Freddie has this thing where he's like, intimidating wrestlers and fighters. We, we were at Just for Laughs this year. This is a real story. Oh my God. And Freddie this this came is up, real, by the way. Freddie came up back to a party from downstairs and he said, GSP just sized me up. He GSP was, he was, sized me up. He what was else in the lobby of a of an, uh, hotel, and GSP was in the hotel, and Freddie claims that GSP legit sized him up, he which is definitely listened. not true. Yes, but a, but but Freddie is clinging to the story. No, 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 There's a brother, bit of embellishment, but the nugget's true. Your brother has a bit of a gangly, alien-esque looking body. Can we not just... Yeah, that's sure. how I describe and, and it. he does mm. believe that he was abducted by aliens. So yeah, yeah, I do. He was like, do I recognize you from the spaceship? Okay, just because I said that, that doesn't discount my story. No, but like I, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the like the the parking lot of the Hyatt, and I had like my artist pass on because I was like afraid about getting in to the party. Yeah, and. As I'm leaving the parking lot, I see someone, you know, you know, like those types of festival things. People, everyone's yeah. looking at each other's password. Oh yeah, or uh, like their lanyard. Their lanyard, their lanyard yeah. yeah. And I see a guy looking at my lanyard, and I was just happened to be looking at the uh, at the ground. So it was like a slow look up mm-hmm. until I made eye contact with GSB. And I had like a giant smile. Yeah. Like I immediately bursted into like, whoa, hey man. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he like his expression didn't change at all. No. It wasn't a hint Stone of face. a smile. And he was also like, he didn't make a gesture, but it was very clear. I had to move out of the way and he was walking. It was very clear path. that he was trying to alpha you. He did. And he also had two security guards who were also big and mean. But like... Freddie, for all listeners out there, is probably 170 pounds soaking wet. I just... I honestly we just went to the doctor today. 162.5. Hey! hey I was, look how kind I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but... No, seriously though, like... I, so he didn't size me up. He didn't like look me up and down. But he did make a split decision. I guess maybe he just does this to everyone in the world. But... And he lowered his cocked fist which was rare, like no, just about to punch but he was right wearing the like face. the full um you know what's like the the ufc fighter gear like tap out stuff yeah. he was wearing that <laughs> i swear to that god i did not know he was like a caricature this was an evening party why was he in tap out here hey man he was i don't know he was I showing really, up ready to fight i guess story i thought it was going to involve virgil <laughs> yeah, Virgil because showed I, up. I saw pictures of just for laughs, and all of a sudden, I was like, "Why the fuck is Russell Peters hanging out with Virgil?" Virgil, Virgil was, was there, and was he's very nice. To everybody, Virgil's like, "I just need a new million dollar man." Would anybody like to be my new million dollar? He man? pretty much was doing that for he real. He was carrying around the belt. <laughs> he was. He literally had the belt. Yeah, and that's not the real belt. I know. <laughs> what? I love it. I love it. The Virgil fucking went to just for laughs. God damn it, lonely Virgil. Um. <laughs> That's what they're known as. He's known as Lonely Virgil. You go to his site, his site, Lonely Virgil, and it just pictures of him at conventions sitting by himself. Like, he's been known to, like, set up his merchandise in, like, Grand Central Station and oh just be like, be like, anybody want a picture, Virgil? Anybody want to? People are like, you're Virgil. Like, yeah, you want a picture? Nope. You know, like. Yeah, I was like, I am late for my train, though. Yeah. Wow. Somebody's, and he was down. He was down. He, when, he sized Freddie up. Oh, he sized me up. up. Well, I took the belt. (laughs) (laughs) So when I took the belt, he looked at me. Whenever I and I said, "You want this back?" People always buy belts. Whenever I see people buying, like having belts, walking Mm -hmm. around, I always want to like just go over, take it from them, them, pin (laughs) them, and like have a ref with me. And he counts really quick, and then we just grab their belt and Casey, run away. And then they'd these, be like, "These have a rule. They have rules." Like, what would the wrestling fan do if that happened? Like, but that's a four hundred dollar belt that I paid for last week. And like, <laughs> suplex that would be, okay, the suplex ref, at the beer store. The ref, and it's not even a ref. It's just your buddy from Foot Locker who just showed up after work and he has the, the shirt on. So wait, Casey. Like, I'm sure you've told this on the pod before, but. You have to tell Miguel the okay. the story where you saved everyone at the bar, where you hopped over the bar. Oh, have yeah. Have you told the story on the podcast? No, no, no. Okay, this, this is great. Era. Miguel, I used check to this wear, out. I used to always wear, like, I didn't care. I always loved wrestling, and I wear wrestling shirts out to the bar, like, even during the Attitude Era. 
And, and this was uh, was it at a Lone Star no, this in was Ottawa? A, or was, something? I was with the Lone Star guys. Okay, but there, we were at Minglewoods was the name of the bar. <laughs> and the, Minglewoods uh, is pretty and great. Me and the Lone Star boys were yeah. down at Minglewoods. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the bouncer was occupied upstairs with some sort of ruckus at the pool tables. So there was this guy bothering my buddy Rob. And he went behind, he walked behind the bar. Who was bar. the bartender, right? The bartender's Rob. He walked behind the bar and was like mad because he had, and I looked around, there's no bouncer. So I was like, fuck, I got this. So I basically went, I lifted the bar, the bar flap, and I walked behind the bar and <laughs> I tapped the guy on the shoulder. He turned around. I kicked him in the stomach and I dropped him with a stone cold stunner. No. <laughs> I always you always wonder in certain wrestling moves, you're like, if this was done not as wrestling, but just as a real fight move, would it be very painful or would okay, it be Okay, like- well, just so you know, at Lone Star, Casey did it to me as a joke <laughs> and it fucking hurt a lot. No, it hurt my jaw. And I remember being like, because I tried to resist it, right? Like you try to resist it, but it's like, he had me in the lock and it's like, his body weight's going down and I'm, and I'm getting the stunner. There is no my god, but it was a joke stunner. So a real yeah. stunner would, would hurt. fucking and hurt a lot. I got a real stunner. Yeah. <laughs> like bend your neck. Or there was yeah, and then then later on that night, the guy was like, "Thanks me for for helping him." And the bouncers came down. They took the guy away. But then I was like, uh, he was, oh, "I thought you were gonna say the guy thanked you well, for no, like for then, giving me a stunner." <laughs> no, no, the guy the guy got taken away. But Rob the bartender <laughs> thanked me, and for some reason I was like, "No problem." And then he put his arm around me. You gave him a stunner. Then, too? No, I put uh, my arm around him. And I went to give him an atomic drop, and, it, <laughs> and I got him right up. And then I was so drunk that I lost my balance, and the atomic drop just turned into belly and back suplex, and I dropped him right on his head. And it was not good. He said, like, he, to this day, I still run him. He's like, you know, my neck's still fucked. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but you know what? Deal Where with it. You live. <laughs> I know, but like, listen, don't, don't I'd already like, given one rest. But you know what? I stunnered so, that one guy. Um, that, that there used to be times at Lone Star where I used to be like, uh, I'd be like, okay, like this was at Lone Star in Ottawa because we all played characters. I was outlaw. That was my name. So I was burrito. I, so burrito. So you know, I have to. He has to look delicious, and I have to be an asshole. <laughs> and uh, so the, I'm in Ottawa, and all the bus boys are there, and they're like, "You want some?" And I'm like, "You want some more chips?" And the chips and salsa are free. So they'd be like, "Sure," but they'd have remnants of the crushed chips there, and I'm like, "Get rid of these," and I just throw them on the floor, <laughs> and then they'd be like, "They'd be like." Uh, I was like, oh, don't worry. We got bus boys to clean this stuff up. Bus boys are oh, always. Oh, man. Clean. So the, my whole section's filled with chip bits all over because I do the same thing at all the you tables. Do the same bit at the every table. The same bit at every table. And, and then, and then <laughs> I'd be like, such a mess. And then I, and the then bus I'd boys be, are like, we yeah. fucking hate no, no. Outlaw. So we had this plan. I'm like, event, I'm like, tonight, the bus boys are all going to gang up and turn on me. And it's going to be fantastic. I'm going to downplay the dust, like insult them. I'm like, you know, so like the tables were like turning on me. They were not liking that outlaw. Was yeah. to, I'd be like, hey, busser, why don't you get over here and clean up these chips that are on the floor before somebody trips, you know? And then, then I'd be like, <laughs> and then I'd be like, see, bus boys have to do what the servers say. That's how it runs here in Lone Star. And the people were like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. So, but we were going on, going on in full character. And then after one part, I did it one time too many. And the bus boys are like, no more. I'm like, no more. And they're like three bus boys. And they all have like cookie sheet trays or for, that we used to put the dough balls on. And friggin' one guy hits me in the back. I stumble forward in the other one. He hits me in the head. I fucking turn around. And the other guy does me in the back again. And I, I drop. And then they're all like, bus boys rule. And everybody was cheering. Everybody was cheering. And I crawled in. I'm like, I'll get you back. You know, like. Oh, man. Oh, and everyone's so like, this and that's is amazing. The best tip can I please got. have the check? Yeah, can we please? Yeah. <laughs> we, we have to get to the Jays game. <laughs> okay. Since, since we're telling like Lone Star theatrics, I feel like it fits. Yeah. Do you remember the story with, uh, oh, what was that guy's name? It was a manager at one point. It was, uh, his nickname was like Bullet. Yeah. Was it Ryan? It wasn't was Ryan. Ryan Visser. It wasn't okay, him. That's Bullet. Oh. Well, this was another guy. He was a really big baseball guy. Okay. Um. Anyways, yeah. The name comes to you. But like, it was during the Grey Cup 100, 
And it was the whole thing where there was like a guy smashed a plate on another guy's face. <laughs> and uh, a friend of our Sefton's really big dude. He runs in and he's like keeping the guys apart. And I remember I ran in too. And the guy who had his the plate smashed on his face, I remember saying, um, like, are you okay? But he was so jacked up that he just like got in my face and he's like, what'd you say? And I was like, oh my God. I basically just like ran away. Cause oh I was, my <laughs> God. Because no, I was just like, I was trying to help, but now I'm scared. So I'm out of here. And then anyways, our manager at the time, uh, Chuck, what the fuck is that guy's name? Anyways, yeah. Um, you just make up any Webster yeah, name. Chuck say, Wagon. Yeah, Chuck Wagon. They're great. That's actually probably what his name is. Outlaw. But, yeah. um, but he grabs this guy, like the, the violent guy, and he's like, you got it. Like, I'm, I'm kicking you out or whatever. And then uh, in the process, this guy's doing the whole thing where he like rips off his shirt. And he's like, let's go to like all these people. And I'm, I'm I'm wondering if you remember this or not. I don't remember any of this. Okay. So, anyways, uh, it uh, was you. <laughs> it was you, dude. You were the black the fuck out, man. <laughs> no, um, uh, no, you're giving stunners, but uh, no, but then basically, uh, he like brings him out of the of, like on the front street, uh, Lone Star in uh, like front Simcoe in Toronto, and then he um. Uh, he was like, you got to go, man. And then the guy gets in his face again. He's just like, let's fucking go. I'll go anyone. And then he kind of went back into Lone Star. And then this guy was just so raging and ready to fight that he was just like, let's go. Like to basically like hitting the windows. And I'll never forget, but a cop on horseback came yeah. up behind him. And the cop was just like, hey. And then this guy was still so like roided up. He turned around and, and he was face to face. face. No, he was face to oh. face with a horse. Yeah. And I've never seen a guy like go from angry to shitting his pants that quickly. The The cop grabbed him by like the scruff of his neck. Yeah. Basically. Galloped away. No, and literally like <laughs> literally kicked <laughs> the horse. No, he kicked the horse and the horse didn't gallop. They just walked. And then this guy was like slumped over Charlie Brown style and the whole, <laughs> and the whole restaurant like like just like basically Cheers. erupted. It was insane. Yeah. I've never seen a guy. You know you're in the wrong when you say, I'll go anyone. <laughs> yeah, because I guess that includes like babies and, and stuff. And, too, and right? horses like, and cops on It doesn't horses. matter yeah. who. Yeah. I will fight anyone. And then the Royal Canadian Mounted Police showed up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it wasn't the Mountie. It was the real police. <laughs> Um, we're pretty much out of time. That's it. Oh, shit, it. man. That was yeah, fun. We're almost time for buddy. Um, so we'll just uh, we'll just uh, close up by saying, uh, okay, well, where can we find you online? Where what's going on? Well, what's going on with rap battles and what's going on with the Beaverton? The Beaverton and- is uh, entering season three pre-development right now, and it's going to be airing, I think, uh, at the end of December, early January, season three on CTV this year. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. And Miguel is the anchor man. Yes, I'm the anchor man for. He's the Ron Beaverton. Burgundy. We, the we're moving from Comedy Network to CTV. TV, so and this is this channel is, eight. You know what? And this is this is the year because uh, the big move. Because I got to tell you, with uh, with this hour is twenty two minutes firing all the writers and uh, Shama Jumner leaving the show. There's no better time to be the number one John Stewart like show. That you can't even say that because twenty two minutes was long before John Stewart's show, right? The Daily Show. But you know what else? Mercer left. Mercer left the show. He retired. Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense for me. Well, we're done. We're talking Canadian entertainment. We just lost all of our American listeners. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, but it's a good time for the Beaverton to stay. Thanks, up man. Thanks. And uh, the opportunity. We're going to give it a good go. Yeah, man. And, um, uh, and, and when is the next rap battles? Uh, next rap battles is uh, October 26th. We're going to do like a Halloween theme show. Yeah. Um, so come out to that. It's uh, Comedy Bar. Um, also check comedybar.ca for a bunch of stuff. We're, we're on like all social medias at rap battles. And it's R-A-P-P-B-A-T-T-L-E-Z. Yeah. Also, if you like basketball at all and, and jokes like similar to this podcast. If you like yeah. jokes. He said like that so earnestly. Basketball. Yeah. And stunners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I run a basketball podcast. It's uh, it's called Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Our nice. website's at Dunks Podcast. Somehow nobody took that. It's ours. That's crazy. Yeah, that's great. I, I, nobody took Talking Wrestling for a name for. Yeah, podcast. that I was just yeah, thinking man. that as you said that. I was like, how did you get that name? Well, I just I, I ripped off Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. That's where it came from. <laughs> well, honestly, everything good starts with a ripoff, dude. Yeah, and now my new CD. I'm going to tell you people at home about that coming out October 17th on iTunes. It drops and on Amazon. It's uh, called Different Jokes. 
It's a parody of different strokes. Nice. But it's nice. different jokes and uh, different jokes to rule the world. Um, so they, uh, yeah, different jokes will be available on iTunes uh, October 17th. So get that. Hit these guys up on the social medias. And don't forget to hit us up on the social medias. And thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ear. And we'll see you again on Talking Wrestling. Thanks, pal. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 